So I know it was uh, 22 degrees this morning, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want you to imagine, though, it's summertime and we're in the swimming pool, all right? We play with me for just a moment. I'm, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to say a word, and I'm hoping you know the proper response when I say this word, okay? Marco. 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 <laughs> I almost got there with that tripping. Okay. <laughs> Isn't it great? Isn't that wonderful to connect, to find, to be found? I know you think it's a silly opener and silly sermon title, but stay with me for a few minutes here, okay? There is some depth to this game and to this title, Marco Polo. I just have this so that you might remember this in the future when you think about your baptism. It might connect with these two words, Marco Polo. You're saying, uh, well, Lynn, where did that uh, game Marco Polo come from? And what does that have to do with our baptism? I'm so glad you asked that question because I'm going to tell you. <clears throat> First of all, Marco Polo. I was a little fuzzy on the details. I had to look it up this past week. But he was a, a traveler, an explorer, uh, a merchant person back in the 1200s, 1300s. He, uh, had, uh, he learned this from his father and his uncle. In fact, he really didn't know his father until he was 15 years of age because his father was off doing the same kind of thing. And then Marco Polo from Italy, we don't know exactly where he was born, but he left from Italy and he went traveling towards China. Let's see the slide of where he went. Over 24 years, he was gone <laughs> traveling 15,000 miles, and this is an approximation of his travels. When he comes back to Italy, the political landscape has changed and he's thrown into prison. <laughs> his cellmate hears his stories and starts writing them down. His cellmate was a guy by the name of Rustocello de Pisa. And he wrote these down, and about the year 1300, they were published, and it was called The Travels of Marco Polo, or The Marvels of This World. Some people say it's a fantasy, a fable, but some people have documented that uh, he actually went to those places and did those things. It wasn't just some ro romantic tale. However you feel about it and the scholarship around that, it had a huge impact upon Europe. And they got to see their world differently from that point on. It had a huge impact upon cartography, upon the making of maps. People's worlds were expanded as they thought about going to these far-off places. It had an impact upon Christopher Columbus decades later and said, oh, maybe there's another way to get to those far-off places by sailing the opposite way around the globe. So, <clears throat> you're saying, um, Lynn, what does this have to do with the game that became popular here in the United States in the 1960s in the pool that we call Marco... Well, let's see a video about that, okay? Marco Polo! 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 Marco Pol
Playing Marco Polo with Marco Polo? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much money Amanda and Keith save by switching to Geico. Ah, Polo. Polo. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Polo. Okay. All right. I get no commission for this. Okay, so... Uh, what does the explorer Marco Polo have to do with the game Marco Polo that we learned in the 1960s playing in the pool and still hopefully we do today? Scholarship has revealed absolutely nothing. <laughs> really, people have tried to make connections uh, and they can't find it. Legend has it that we have the game Marco Polo that we play in the pool because Marco Polo didn't have a clue about where he was going. <laughs> and sometimes we don't either. Can I get an amen? amen? This is what it has to do with baptism. Sometimes we get lost. Sometimes our eyes are closed and we're wandering around and we're going, Marco! <laughs> we're hoping somebody out there is saying polo. Because we lose our way, we become disconnected, we forget who we are and whose we are. Baptism is our sacrament of identity. It is God's claim upon us that we are God's beloved children. And although it's with water, it's something that does not wash away. It is something that is permanent, indelible upon us. Matthew's gospel tells it a little bit different way than the other gospels tell it. Matthew's the only one that has that kind of debate going on with John the Baptist and Jesus. And, and John the Baptist is trying to talk Jesus out of it and said, hey, we need to reverse the roles. You, you know, Jesus, you need to baptize me. But Jesus says, no, we need to do this now in order to fulfill all righteousness. He's trying to reveal his identity and our identity in his baptism that he came from God to show us that God loves us. Sinners that we are. Broken, lost, wandering around, blind people that we belong to God and that we're claimed by God. Righteousness, that word simply means right relationship. Jesus came to establish right relationship. He is our way to God. In Matthew's gospel, he tells it differently than Mark and Luke does also. In Matthew's gospel, it's in the third person. This is my beloved son. It's as if we need to hear that, the people around Jesus. And, and that's true, isn't it? That we need to know who he is, his identity. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. In Mark and Luke's gospel, it says, you are my beloved son, second person, as if Jesus needs to hear it. Do you think Jesus needed to hear that? Maybe as he's starting his ministry, this was a good thing to have confirmed in his life that he was the Son of God, the beloved one with whom God was well pleased. I think we need to hear both sides of that as followers of Christ, as, as God's baptized people. This is my beloved Son. You are my beloved Son. We need both sides of that today. In baptism, I've heard this story just over and over again as I teach about this with uh, especially young families that start having their own children about this sacrament of identity. 
I'm not going to tell a specific, about a specific person. I'm going to blend together several stories. And it goes kind of like this. this. This family and I will be visiting and they'll say, yeah, we, we grew up in the church. Uh, I, I seem to remember baptism. I don't remember all the details about that. Uh, and, and, and I remember being in children's choirs and, and, and I going to vacation Bible school. And I, I think I went to confirmation that was about sixth or seventh grade, something like that. And and I think we were in youth group up through high school, but, but, but you know, when we, when we went off to college, we said, that, thank you very much, church. Thank you very much, parents, but I'm going to my own way now. And we've been away from the church for quite a while, but, uh, you know, we've gotten married and now we have these children. And, you know, we've been thinking about, we want our children to be baptized. We, we want to give some other values besides just dog eat dog and getting ahead of the other person and make all the money that you can and have the biggest house and the biggest cars and fill up your calendar with all those things. There's, there's got to be more to life than that. And, and we're wondering about getting our children baptized, Pastor Lynn. And I'll say to them, even though you're fuzzy about your story, <laughs> about your baptism, that God has not forgotten your story and that you are beloved children of God with whom God is well pleased and you are welcome home. Marco, <laughs> yeah, because we all lose our way sometimes. We all forget. We all get blinded. And we need to know that we can come home and that we belong to God's family. Sometimes we're it in the game. <laughs> we're the one that's wandering around in the pool with our eyes closed. And we're saying, Marco. Polo. And we hope someone out there is saying, Polo. It can be a tragedy. It can be an accident. It, it can be a disease. It, it can be a loss of, of someone we love or loss of a job or loss of a marriage. And we kind of lose our way. And we say, Marco. <laughs> And thankfully, sometimes we're not it. We're those others in the pool. <laughs> and those people that are wandering around blind, when they say, Marco, we say, and we're there for them. We're all in this pool together, and we, and we welcome them. And we say, you're not alone. So Kathy and I, we're Netflix binge watchers, okay? <laughs> and right now, our, our show is Bones, we're in, the, we're in the 11th season of Bones right now. <laughs> Bones, it's, uh, she is Dr. Temperance Brennan of the Jeffersonian, and she is a forensic pathologist, and she solves crimes by looking at the bones that are left to her and figuring out what was the cause of death and, and how that happened and finding out who the murderer was. But in one of the early episodes, Dr. Brennan, a.k.a. Bones, reveals that she was a foster child, that she and her older brother were farmed out from family to family and they went from school to school and she felt very vulnerable a lot of her time. But her older brother said, if you're ever feeling lost, you're at school and you wonder if anybody else cares about you, I want you to say, Marco, and I'll say, and you'll know that you're not alone. 
That's what baptism is, that we're all in this pool together. Sometimes we're it, wandering around. Sometimes we're those others that are saying, polo. It's not just a silly game. It's who we are, our identity. One more time. Marco. The good news I have to share with you this day is that in baptism, we know that we are God's beloved children. Amen.